And welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. I am your host, Alex, and this is my lovely co-host, Christina. That's right. We're going to be doing an episode 176. Two movies, by the way, from Arrow Films, which are slashers by Jose Ramon Larraz. These are Edge of the Axe from 1988 and Deadly Manor from 1990. That's right. You're so excited, Christina. So excited. <laughs> what? This is just how I talk. We got to wake these motherfuckers up. <laughs> they're probably listening to this in the morning and they're like, Jesus, I need to wake up. No, they're in self-quarantine right now. Oh, that's now. right. Yeah, because everybody's- No one's leaving their house right? because they might die. And uh, yeah, so- I feel like we should talk about that a little bit because, you know, we can document this for the future if I survive. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you get, or you guys can listen back and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how he's dead. Alex, you <laughs> never leave the house. Yeah, I don't you care. I think you're going to be okay. I feel like some, like if you watch that, we watched Contagion recently, re- or rewatched it, I guess, from 2011. And holy shit, like every time they touch something, it's like, now I just think about that. And I'm uh-huh. like, what if the mailman had it? And then he delivers yep. the mail and then the mail gets in yep. here and I get all excited about opening up the mail and it's my one of my new DVDs and one of the guys at the factory, he probably <laughs> sneezed on his fucking hand or rubbed his balls and dick all over the side of my fucking DVD oh, or his hands and then touched the DVD. Well, that's and now, why you disinfect everything, duh. Right, yeah. Well, we don't have any, so. <laughs> oh, it's because I left it at work. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think I'm more um, prone to getting it from work. Which, by the way, else. nobody can get anything at the stores right now and all i see online is people talking about it which is either either jokingly or don't panic you know most people are just like you know just being cautious but there are some assholes out there buying up like stuff and then reselling it to people for four times its value right or, or 20 times or this whatever the fuck it is this is america yeah that's I know, what we do because <laughs> capitalism works 100 yes. <laughs> percent, and the only time we need socialism is is when a crisis happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that that's the truth, whatever side you stand on. Anyway. We started, or I started preparing, like back in the beginning of February, when the first case got hit here. Right. Well, and we, then I started buying things back then. Right. We didn't go started. wild on it, Oh, though. no, we don't go wild. <laughs> we just no. buy enough for us to... to... Six months, me. <laughs> I don't think but it's like, even that much. But me, I've always been like this with toilet paper. We've been this way I, forever. Yes, I do not risk running out of toilet paper because when I met Alex and he was... <laughs> 
He was living in his house. Like, you never had fucking toilet paper. Yeah. Ever. It's true. And I, I hated that. I think I even had some in my purse at one time. Like, when I would come over, I'd be like, oh, I got to make sure I grab a roll of toilet paper because I'm going over to Alex's house. <laughs> what I love right now that's going on is not you know, not that there's a virus, clearly, um, but it's like everybody is this, like, armchair scientist now. And it's like, I don't trust anything anybody says. I'll just right. take my information from the science guys um, instead of, like, and then there's, like, well, you shouldn't trust anyone. Then there's like period. evangelicals and like jo- Alex Jones and shit trying to sell fake fucking cures and shit to coronavirus. Is Alex Jones yeah. selling? Yes. What, what is it? I want to know. I Some didn't hear about this. fucking silver fucking whatever they call it. Oh, that silver um, yeah. liquid? Yeah, I don't know. This is, I swear to God, guys, if you watch Contagion, like literally, this is like it's everything really that is happening. Similar. It is, it, you don't die like yeah, instantly. It's not like as high there, a rate. But yeah. it, the whole social part of that movie is They a had a 40% like mortality rate. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. But, you know, that was like if you got it you died there was no right there was saving no, it, you yeah. whatsoever yeah we're this you know there's a chance but, but the, i'm not gonna the, the thing that cracks that. me up is like everybody that's like stop panicking stop fucking panicking why are you panicking like like it's like isn't that panic right there what you're exactly. doing right there well and i said this on twitter the other day i think i said there's a difference between panic, preparing, and hoarding. Right. Because well, that is exactly what's going on right now is People those three are selfish. Things. They don't think about things. Like, you know, right. there is a little bit of selfishness when you're like, you know, prepping stuff, but it's not really about being selfish. It's just being about prepared. Yeah, it's being and, prepared. And, you know, there are people out there that are a little nutty that do too much preparing, right. but it's okay to be cautious. Like we had, when things were getting tumultuous back, like when I first met you, we were like making sure that that we had lots of water right so exactly it's, yeah because like water is literally if there was something bad that happens water is like the one thing that's worth more than gold right because exactly. you can't live without it. Well, I mean, there's tap water, but I mean, that could get shut off. And right. the tap or it could water get infected or some dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. It could be in the water. Yeah, we live but in Arizona, be, for Christ's sake. It could be in the bottled water. Like, the, it's a, you did you just say bong water? I said bottled water. It could be oh. in the bottled water. <laughs> like, when did you well, start? Well, it could be in the bong water, too. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man. I don't know if I could go, like, five months without smoking, bro. <laughs> That's what you, all potheads You better I bet you they're stocking up, too. <laughs> but I, you know, I've tried to refrain from getting in debates about it, but it's hard because like something, you know, like I have bad lungs, um, you know, and yes, I smoke. It's not I'm not a perfect example of intelligence here, but <laughs> but it's I'm addicted to it. So it's a little it's, a, it's tough. It's tough for me. But I have always had bad allergies and my allergies have turned into pneumonia like numerous times. Like I had chronic pneumonia and chronic bronchitis for like a like three years and it was terrible it got to the point where i was like so scared like she like you would come around me and i'd be like please don't get me sick you know because i won't recover for, right. for four months you should stop smoking i know <laughs> might help uh, of course i didn't want yes. to turn this into being about me <laughs> and my cigarettes i'm not going to get coronavirus just because i smoke i'm just higher at risk right right you know what i mean like uh-huh. jesus christ christina sorry <laughs> Well, I mean, She's uh, like, you're fat. You, let's just go down the list. No, Alex, stop. 
horrible. You smell bad. I mean, you don't take showers regularly. What is it? You you smell like a foot. <laughs> what else can we share with him, Christina? What else? <laughs> anyway. So anyway. I, with that said, I'd like to mention one of our sponsors for the show today. <laughs> No, but for real, we have MVD Entertainment Group who have provided these movies to us. As some of you guys know, the movies that we're going to be talking about are Arrow Films, Deadly Manor, and Edge of the Axe, which MVD Entertainment Group does the U.S. distribution for. And they also do their own distribution of movies that they put out as well. Uh-huh. So we're they they have actually sent me stuff in the mail and I want to thank them very much for sending those out the review copies and even sent us an, another movie that I got to do on the YouTube here soon which by the way since the coronavirus is happening you know I don't have to go out of the office because I do everything here <laughs> so you'll have plenty of entertainment while you're all dying <laughs> thanks MVD <laughs> anyway guys I think it might be that time what time is it horse shots. All right, guys, so we're going to be doing our horror shot based off of the movie Deadly Manor. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean when we pick these that they're our favorite movies. They could or they couldn't be, but you'll have to stick around it's to what, find out. It's what's based on, like, what would look good as a shot. Right. We just, we, like, because we try to take elements of the movie and put it in these shots so that we can sort of give this really cool idea. And we came up with the idea of the milky eye, because in the movie Deadly Manor, there is a woman with a dead <laughs> milky eye. <laughs> And so what is in a milky eye, Christina? This is her ingredients that she came up with. All right. You want to do one ounce of rum chata, mm -hmm. a half ounce of fireball, and a half a sh half an ounce <laughs> of 99 bananas. Right. And you mix that up and you'll have a shot. Yeah. It's probably better chilled. So if you do it yeah. over ice and then pour the shots, it'll probably taste much Especially better. Especially with the rum chata because it's kind of creamy. <laughs> what? I don't know. The word creamy, creamy. trips me it's out. Creamy. Say it again. It's creamy. No, the way you said it, it was like, it's creamy. It's creamy. <laughs> uh, just like her eye. Um, <laughs> That's right. So Christina made shots for us. And I'm going to do a little shot too. Now, we, we want to add a little extra flair um, and do what one of the actresses did in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because the actress just yells at everybody. <laughs> she said, congratulations! 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 It's actually pretty good. Snickerdoodle. Yeah, it's kind of like a snickerdoodle with banana hint. Yeah, that's like a really tinge. good. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Woo! Mm. Woo! I could do a lot of those. I could do another one. I don't have any more ruchata, though. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to try a milky eye, all you got to do is go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Edge of the Axe and Deadly Manor. Right now.
right, guys. So I'm going to kick off the first one because we're going in order of when these movies came out. The first movie that we're going to be talking about is Edge of the Axe, which came out in 1988. It was released in the U.S., of course, September 15th on video in 1989, technically, but it was made in 88. Was it straight to video? I think so, yeah. But it's also known as Al Filo del Hacha. The story of Edge of the Axe is an axe murderer terrorizes a small northern California mountain community while two young computer-obsessed adults attempt to solve the killings. (laughs) (laughs) The director of this movie is Jose Ramon Larraz. He's done a ton of different films between 1970 and 1990. Uh, he's done a lots of sexual sort of exploitation with horror mixed in there. Sleazy horror, I guess you could call it. He's done Los Ritos Sexuales del Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> del Diablo? The right of the sexual demon, I think, or devil, something like that. Huh. Uh, he also did The National Mummy, Stigma. Another movie called And Give Us Our Daily Sex, which I'm totally (laughs) thinking is And Give Us Our Daily Bread. Right. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. That's what I thought of when you said that. Yeah. He did another movie called El Maron, Vampires, and many more. It was written by Joaquin Amicatis, who's done La Larga Noche de los Bastones and others. Also writer Javier Elurieta, who's also more of a director. He's actually written Psycho Game, Witchery Deal, which he also directed those, and also directed films like Wild Boys, Blood Hunt, La Larga La Noche de los Bastones. Oh, well, it was a good job. More yeah. than what I could do. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I I did study a little bit of Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, also, writer Jose Frade, who is also more of a producer. He's also written on Torment, Blood and Passion, and many more. Some of the cast in this film are Barton Falks, who played the character Gerald. He was in Future Kill in a movie called Freeze. <laughs> Also stars Christina Marie Lane, who plays Lillian. This is all she's ever done. And I didn't even think she was that bad of an actress. She looks like some other 80s actress that I just couldn't figure out. That's right. I kept calling her something. She was like really famous. Yeah, you kept kept saying that. It sucks. It's going to bug the fuck out of me now. I'm telling you, you got a Google image Reverse search. Yes. I know. Anyway, it also has Paige Mosley, who plays Richard Simmons, which I don't know if that was a nod towards Richard. Yeah, Simmons. I don't know if that was a oh, nod towards the Richard Simmons, yeah. the the jazzercise guy, not jazzercise. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the older cool guy in the movie. Uh, he was in a movie called Open House from '87, The Jigsaw Murders, Melrose Place in three episodes, and a few other things. It also stars Fred Holiday, who plays Frank, the sheriff. He was in a lot of westerns back in the day and a big part in Days of Our Lives between 88 and 91. Plus, he was on the Adam 12 TV show. He was in a movie called Conquest of the Earth, Lobster Man from Mars, Cyber Tracker 2, and many more. Some winners right there. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I know some of those, actually. (laughs) Also stars Patty Shepard, who plays Laura Simmons. She was in the Werewolf versus the Vampire, The House Without Frontiers, The Witch's Mountain, Crypt of the Living Dead, Creation of the Damned, Los Diablos del Mar, Rest in Pieces, which is also another movie that Jose, the director of this movie, 
produced. Uh-huh. Also stars Alicia Morrow, who plays Rita. She was in Exterminators of Year 3000, Slugs, Hot Blood, and more. We got Jack Taylor, who plays Christopher, who's been in a ton of stuff dating back to the 50s, like The Curse of Nostradamus, Count Dracula from 70, Dr. Jekyll versus the Werewolf, hmm. The Vampire's Night Orgy, The Ghost Galleon from the Blind Dead Collection, the Mummy's Revenge, Exorcismo, Natalie, Escape from Hell, Pieces, Conan the Barbarian, and plenty wow. more. Lots yeah. more. Wow. Also has Colin Arthur, who did the makeup effects in this and some of the prop designs. He was He's worked on movies like The Rift, which we were just talking about in our underwater one that we just did oh, here yeah. a, couple, a couple weeks ago. He also did Conan the Barbarian Swords, uh, Wax, Cthulhu Mansion, Zardoz, Vampires, Clash of the Titans, The NeverEnding Story, and plenty more. Ooh, NeverEnding Story. Right, he didn't write the song, but <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Copyright story, never do this. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. <laughs> Christina, what did you think of this movie? And for those of you listening, this is, of course, our spoiler-free part, so you don't have to worry about anything being ruined, although these are pretty old, so it's not exactly like ruining anything, but there are probably a lot of people that haven't seen it. So, But what did you think? Oh, dear Lord. I'm so, I'm a little conflicted about this one. Okay. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I don't like it. Well, if you don't like it, you better come, come correct. (laughs) I'm like in the middle. So like the beginning of the movie, um, it really sucked you in and it grabbed your attention because the woman gets axed to death in her car, in the car wash. Right. So she was going through the car wash and she got axed to death. That was cool. So you like the style of it in that scene. Yeah. I, even though some of the most of the death scenes weren't like that extraordinary, right? Okay, but I really, I really, really like the music of um, the score. Yeah, I did too. It yeah. was really good. It is really good. It's simple, right? But it's it's really effective, right? But the concept and the plot was a little slow, um, and the ending wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was totally an eighties movie. Like it was totally an eighties movie. The clothes. The computers, yeah. just the way they talk, totally, yeah. totally an eighties movie. Totally eighties, um, man. I did like the. I did like uh, they. They kind of made it a point. Um, there was a guy in there, and he was married to an older lady. Yeah, I kind of like that. I like how it's different. The, yeah, it was different, especially for the time, and they really pointed it out. Yeah, like it was kind of unnecessary though, too. But it's like it's different, so it's like okay with me. Right. I like how they disguised the killer and they kept twisting it up so you had no idea who the killer was. Uh, but that actually got kind of annoying towards the end because it could have been anybody. Right. <laughs> you know, and then when you find out who the killer was, I won't spoil it. You're kind of disappointed. Right. <laughs> well, they, I have some trivia on that. That's pretty interesting. Too. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can't wait to hear that. But <laughs> overall, I thought it was like a six out of ten. I Really? Yeah. I think I'm surprised could. by that. Really? I thought you were going to think it's way lower. Yeah. No, six out of ten. I mean, I, we enjoyed watching it. We had fun with it. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of the acting in it? Was it like so bad it's good? No, it was or fine. It was fine? Yeah, it was fine to me. Okay. Well, well, wait, wait. It wasn't way over the it top, wasn't but it was. It was over the top, but it wasn't like poorly acted. Okay. It was fall. Fo- it was, it was Except tolerable. Except for like some parts, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was tolerable. Right. What do you think? Um, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts, of course, on this, but uh, this is my first time watching it. Both of these movies really are. And by the way, these both of these movies include white masked killers. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And we, it's the same director. Yeah, maybe we'll call the episode White Mask Killer or no. Killers. White Masks. Masks. Ki- White masks. I don't know. Killer? Maybe maybe someone will think it's some racist thing. <laughs> so maybe not. I don't know. Everybody gets triggered these days. Welcome to Paddock, California, where all the men cheat on their wives. The ladies don't give a <laughs> fuck. And white masked axe killer is on the loose. It's it's pretty simple as that, but it's also a very twisty movie that kind of lacks in the dialogue department and story, sort of. Right. But, you know, it's it's actually quite a good looking picture, like the way that they shot it, the, the 2K restoration on this print, by the way, since we are kind of doing like a um, review of the movie and of the, the extras and everything that we got on the disc makes it look really, really fucking good. It almost seemed like it was a 4K restoration and they dropped it down to 1080p. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's it's shot really, really fucking well, in my opinion. A lot of proportionate shots, which I'm fucking sucker for. And the lighting was actually pretty cool. It's the kind of like 80s horror film that I like when they do the think about those kind of things. So, you know, although some of the shots had some like extreme close ups on their face and I wasn't exactly sure why they were doing that because it wasn't like a tense moment, but it was almost like they were trying to insinuate that. Uh-huh. Like in a funeral. Like Oh yeah. Like it was just weird. The weird angles that they had on some of these were a little weird. But anyways. Being that I saw an axe, a white mask, and it was a killer horror flick, it kind of made me excited to see this, especially being in the eighties. But it's not exactly as straightforward as perhaps you might think. You know, the film kind of suffers from some seriously odd dialogue between the characters, which is actually a good thing, and in some regards. It does a decent job of making you think that you know who this killer is, like you said, but you're completely wrong. Sort of ridiculously paints people as the murderer at the same time in this true sort of Spanish-American giallo, or giallo is how you're supposed to say it. And that's it's more of a category of uh, so bad it's good to me in a way, but also shot in a really real stylistic way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird mix there. Kind of think that the dialogue in this really helped make it more interesting, just because it was yeah. so weird and different. I think it, it helps it more than there actually it provides gore. So there is blood, but, you know, it's very minimal gore, which is kind of a bummer. But, you know, a few scenes had me and Christina laughing pretty heartily. One scene in particular that had me rewind it like three or four times because I was just like, what? I didn't believe what they said. Yeah, I was like, who would say that to somebody, first of all? And the way that she reacts in it, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section, is just fucking priceless. But. Still, you know, for a low on gore, bad dialogue film that kind of throws you for a loop as to its logic, it's not that bad. I wish, you know, there was more gore in it, honestly, but, you know, because all you really get is this foam axe that sort of hits people all over the body and you don't see any gashes or anything like that, which I really wanted to see. Right. I did, too. It's more of like that afterthought kill than actually any in-lens gore. Sorry to report, guys. But for people who have not seen this movie, don't let that sway you because I still think that this is a pretty decent film. It has that sort of uh, 
dark, sweeping, swelling, synthy soundtrack to it, which you mentioned before, and I think is a really a good thing for this film. Um, it's not exactly scary, but it's just something I like in these types of 80s films. Right. Stands out. I personally, if I had to compare this to another movie, not necessarily anything about it, but just quality wise, I prefer the movie Madman over this one, which mm-hmm. I actually like with Madman Mars. I don't remember. It's just an infinitely better, but similar score kind of oh, feel to I it. Oh, I see. Okay. To me, I just like Madman more than this movie. Right. But, you know, it like we mentioned, it is a straight-to-video release, though, and the acting isn't too terrible for that formula. So some of the choices they made to be different for a film were kind of odd, though. You know, like mm-hmm. we mentioned, like, he's dating an older woman, which really doesn't even really play into anything. Yeah. Any for any reason, and we don't know why. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I just It just leans much more psychological than a straightforward horror, which to me is the giallo or giallo formula. This is uh, probably a more above average psychological slasher, just not a great one. Although I know a few people who consider this like to be an ultimate classic. And a lot of people consider this to be one of his better works. So, you know, maybe they're bigger fans of this subgenre than me, though, because I just didn't find it to be great for me. Um, but I had a laugh watching it and it counts for something in my opinion. So I think if those of you trying to collect every single killer slasher or giallo horror film that they, you can find out there, it's definitely not a bad buy. The extras on this give you a lot on the Arrow disc, a lot of interviews, uh, commentary on the film and stuff, which I didn't listen to because I didn't want to spoil everything that was on the disc for those of you who haven't seen this or picked it up yet. So didn't blow me away. I just kind of a admire a lot of the shots that that they made in this movie and the laughs that it gave me so i'd say it's probably like a 5.5 or 6 probably a 6 uh-huh better than average slasher yeah yeah so 6 out of 10 but yeah i pretty much just say that that's mostly because of the shots the pacing the atmosphere and the music mm-hmm. and some of the shitty dialogue <laughs> but uh-huh. What did you say? Six? So we both said yeah, about we six. Both said six. So it'd be 5.75 or six. Uh, whatever, it's six. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you combine the efforts. I always give, like, another point variable because, like, I feel, like, point unsure. Variable. Why do you, we got to do all this fucking math? Because I just, <laughs> just I don't know. Like, it's like watching it your first time isn't always the. It's like I've noticed I've watched right. movies later that I love that I hated the first time right. I watch it. Like, right. all those, uh, the guy who did office space and shit right never liked those movies the first time i watched them uh-huh but always remembered them and came back to them. right and, and then they grew and got bigger and you know like i understood it more as i as it went on so right. you know maybe this could go up later on yeah exactly but where madman to me is an infinitely better film because it just kind of is wild even uh-huh. if it's all over the place so so now we're going to get into some of our trivia and spoiler section. So if you haven't watched this movie and you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. You can always skip to the next movie for our spoiler-free section for Deadly Manor and check that out before we spoil anything on that one, too, and then come back later or whatever. So Jose Ramon Larraz... In 1952, where he started his career, he was a comic book writer for magazines uh, like Pelote and Spiro. Uh, His most known creation was the action comic series called Paul Foran, which he wrote under the name Gil. Um, Uh 
But LaRoz then moved to England in 1976, where he began making films and relocated his operations back to Spain. He made all kinds of different types of films, but he's best known for his horror films, obviously. So in his last two horror films were Spanish-American co-productions. He apparently just retired from all of filmmaking in 1992 at the age of 63. Uh-huh. And then he shortly passed away of about 20 years later at the age of 84. Oh, wow. In uh, Malaga, Spain, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. On the 3rd of September in 2013. So uh-huh. he is no longer with us. But his work lives on. Yes. That's the wonderful thing about being making film or right. making anything creative. Barton Falks, who played Gerald in this movie, who they pin as the killer of the whole fucking movie. Right. Uh, he said that he felt like he was going to have fun with this movie when he read the script. And he was just going to go over the top because this this is like his chance to be the main starring role uh-huh. of a movie and he was like fuck it man i'm just gonna go wild and just like blow everyone out of the water so he was like super stoked about this he was super stoked about making a film in spain because he had never done that before so he was like really like he was like this is the one this is the movie right. that's gonna <laughs> do it for me you know and he was only 25 years old when he made this movie so uh-huh. He was still pretty young. Very cool guy, by the way. And the extras is just, it was a pleasure to watch him talk. He's uh-huh. a very good speaker. And I just enjoyed his personal attitude towards life. Like, he was just very inspiring. Yeah, he really was. Isn't he a teacher? Yeah, he became a teacher. Yeah. To teach kids to act. Right. And I think that is perfect. He right. loves that. He said that, you know, acting was fun but he thinks his real calling and his legacy is to work with kids to teach them so that they can have that experience too Mm -hmm. and he also wants to dabble in some voice acting as well so he's he's not much of a horror fan but he did say that you know he he did get offered a part in the fly too where eric stoltz played the kid Uh and he was going to play that part but he didn't get a callback for it after he did one callback and then he then they oh, picked and then Eric. They got him. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. He was talking about the mass killer in the movie, and he was saying that the there was multiple people who were wearing that mask or taking it off, so that you would think it's a girl or a guy or whoever it is. Like uh-huh. the whole time. Typically, I've noticed that. I don't know if every movie does this, but have you ever noticed that they usually use the same person through the whole thing? Right. Not always. I'm just saying like. Usually. Like you can kind of like look at their eyes or, you know, see the shape of their face or, you know, (laughs) see if they're like how they're holding things. And it's like you're trying to piece it together in your mind. But this one really threw us for a loop. Right. But I do remember there was one part and they showed the killer's butt and you were like, oh, that's Jared's butt. He has no butt. Right. That's (laughs) what I was thinking, too. (laughs) Paige Mosley, who plays Richard, said he loved the experience of making it. He was the older exterminator guy with Gerald. Uh-huh. Who was talking to Gerald as if he was this, like, older guy and he was, like, hanging around this kid. It was just too much to be hanging out with this kid because he was so much older. And they're literally, in real life, he was 26 when he made this movie. And the guy and Barton Fox, who played Gerald, was 25. So they were, like, one year apart. So it's kind of weird. Uh, I just thought that was funny. Uh, apparently, uh, Paige Mosley said that he and Fred Holiday also brought their golf clubs. Uh-huh. To play golf out in Spain. Oh, wow. So they went around and played golf on their times that they weren't working. 
That's cool. I thought it was funny. Paige also said that he loved the sound guys, but he said they were like really good at their job and everything. But personally, I don't know if you noticed this, but for me, there was a couple of scenes where the voices were too distant from the mic. Yeah. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, I did notice that. I did. So I'm like, ah, I'm not, I'm not trying to like shit on anybody. Right. I just figured it's an old, you know, low budget film and no big deal. Yeah. But I was like surprised to hear him say that the sound guys were so perfect. <laughs> well, maybe they were, they didn't have a good night the night before, so they're a little hangover, you know Yeah, what well, saying? they used to get shit faced together. <laughs> yeah, or something. they get shit faced together and they have to go do their sound the next day. Right. <laughs> they were on point. Uh, also, I mentioned Colin Arthur, who was the guy who did the props and makeup effects and stuff like that. He has worked on The Apes in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, wow. Yeah. He also made like the weapons in Conan the Barbarian and the axes in this movie. He even worked on the hand chopping scene, the fingers or whatever, and the white mask and like how he did it. He always thought it was cool to like do a featureless face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A white mask that you could just couldn't tell anything about, which is probably a nod to fucking Halloween, if you really think about right, it, because it does they... have the nose holes and the eyes, right? but no hair. Mm-hmm. So, um, But that's pretty much it for the trivia that I have on this. Oh, so I like the music so much. I looked up the guy. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Javier Eletria, mm-hmm. and he's done a, a shit ton of movies, like Spanish movies, but he did this one movie called Blood Hunt. From yes. 1986. Yeah. So he did the music. Oh, no, he directed that movie. I'm sorry. I was like surprised because he directed into the music for Either Blood one of Hunt. the actors or somebody did Blood Hunt that I was oh, talking yeah? about. Yeah, oh, I mentioned see, that. Well, you know, they all know each Pretty, other. Yeah, well, yeah, they he all worked together. He directed it, too. The, he did. So it was That's like, interesting. Yeah, it I was kind of curious because it looks, it sounds familiar, but I, I don't know. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's one of the things why I love doing the actors and right, right. what they've done because it's like, oh, it gives me all these new, fresh ideas of new movies that I might not have seen. Right. It's like every time I think that I've seen every 80s movie, you know. Yeah. They just come popping up out of the woodwork. Dude, and I watch so many. You do. And it's like, and there's just, it's like it's never ending. Right. There was just such a boom back then. Yeah. So, but we go over some of our scenes here. You mentioned the car wash scene in the very beginning with the woman getting murdered by a man in a white mask and an axe. Right. Which was a really cool scene. Like, I loved how they opened it up where they're shooting at the fucking brick things that spin around uh-huh. it was just such a cool looking shot like even if you didn't know what it was at first it was just i don't know yeah this lady's just in her car like just get a my, nurse oh i'm getting my car washed i'm gonna smoke my cigarette <laughs> and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this guy in a white mask pops up he peeps his little head out beep beep i'm gonna kill you I'm gonna kill you. And then he smashes in the window as she slides down the side of the like she screams gets axed Screams again and then like slowly slides down her side window with blood on that window. And right. you see the soapy suds like sliding That's down cool. at the same time, which, you know, it's probably a little long. But, you know, I was like, this is really well shot. This is where I was like, OK, was, yeah, yeah, it really was really it, cool looking scene. Right. And gas was 99 cents a gallon. Yeah. Christina was, was freaking out. I was like, out. what? I had made him pause. It. I was like, what the fuck? Does that say 99 cents? <laughs> I think the next one was where the the pest guys, the pest control guys seem to be like the main cast you find out. And it's like the one older guy who's Richard and then the the younger one who's 
uh, Gerald. Uh-huh. Richard's the guy who's dating the older woman, and he's going to pick her up from this place where this bar is and this boat docking place because they all live by the water in this lake or yeah, something. Yeah, it's lake. It's supposed to take place in Big Bear or something. Where's Big Bear? What the fuck is that? California. Oh, but it, but they they said it was called Paddock, but I'm just saying. It oh, was... but they they filmed in Spain, right? Or, yes. Yeah. And they even mentioned that it looked the same as. Oh, Big Lake. Yeah, Big Bear. Big Bear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those those two guys, they're investigating the smell of a, a the local Coggy's bar, and some girl is uh, dead in the bar's attic with her face all chewed off from rats, <laughs> which is kind of cool. But it yeah. was it was like eh. kind of weird. Yeah, it was. It happened so fast. It's like you couldn't take. You knew it in. was coming, though. Well, oh yeah. But I mean, the it, the body just like fell, and it they didn't make it all dramatic or memorable. Yeah. I think they wanted it to be a jump scare. Yeah. But I don't know. But Fail. Then, but then they visit that. I got that confused. They were actually visiting another bar later where they were going to pick up that guy's wife. Oh, that's right. And the older guy who's married to the older woman is flirting with the bartender. While the younger one, Gerald, is chopping it up with the younger girl who's working at the bar as the, like, daughter of the guy. Yeah, the, the daughter guy. of that guy. Yeah. And they're all playing an arcade game together, and he mentions he can show her about computers or something like that, because it's the 80s. Hey, <laughs> hey you want to come and uh, see my computer? Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you my megabytes. <laughs> but they flash forward with her at, the ho- at his house, and he's showing her his computers, and she's like like super interested in him he says go ahead sit down ask it anything you want he even gives her a computer by the way he's just like yeah you yeah. can have this one yeah they don't cost nothing yeah it's only seven hundred dollars extra one laying around yeah <laughs> my macintosh yeah it is a macintosh too <laughs> But he's like, here, go ahead, ask this computer anything you like. And she's like, okay, but I will, but don't look. And he keeps peeking over his shoulder. And she's like, stop, don't look. You know, they're all flirtatious. And then she looks back, like, keeps yelling at him. It's all super cutesy stuff here, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then she types it in. And then you hear, like, this noise from the computer. And then he's like, ah. Oh, what is that? It says data incomplete. And he's like really confused by this. And he keeps asking her because apparently, by the way, you can ask computers anything you want. And even though there's not anything on the computer, it just <laughs> it's, knows everything. It's just this DOS screen. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm like, dude, we can't even do that now on Google. We can barely do that now I on know. Google. Why didn't they just pull Google? I don't understand. They should have just Googled it. <laughs> But she types it in and says data is incomplete. And he's really confused by this. And he keeps asking her what she asked the computer. He's like, what the hell did you ask it? And she kisses him suddenly and sweetly. And then she pulls back and she's like, I asked it if you were gay. (laughs) And I'm like, what? So stupid. What the fuck? Like, I mean, it's a different time, guys. It's not, I'm I'm not upset with it because this is an old fucking movie. Like, they just. It was just such a weird thing. I don't even think it was meant to be, like, harmful or anything like that. It's nothing to do why my shock and laughter from this. (laughs) My laughter is from, like, that is the last thing that I would have expected her to turn around and say. Right. After she kissed him. Like, why would you say that to him? I don't even understand. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I. Does he like me? Yeah, of you course. Know, does That's he what want we, to marry me? Well, it's just me? like the little notes that kids pass around, yeah. you know, pick a color. 
Yeah. It's like the, the form of they're using the computer to pass a note back and forth. But I, regardless, I had to rewind it just to hear her say. <laughs> did she say her gay? <laughs> yeah. I was like, did she just say? Ask him if he was gay. If you <laughs> asked him if he was gay and then they laugh and then it's like this joyful music and, and then shit. they start making out. I was just what an insanely weird fucking right. thing to put in the movie. But anyway, really was. fucking hilarious because I'm like, what? So apparently Lillian, the computer girl who hates gay people, apparently. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's got her new computer from Gerald and she types to Gerald on it because he said he would connect it to him somehow. I'm assuming through a phone line. So when she, she I am. So she's like, I am. Yeah. She's like messaging him, text messaging him. And so when he, when she types in his name, it pulls up a bunch of files on all these murders that have been happening in Paddock. So she's like, oh my God. Oh my God. It was him. Is it he? Is it he who is the killer? Who's killing people with axes around this town? Because we got like an old one. We didn't even talk about that. There was like the scene where the old woman's pig is killed or something oh yeah in the beginning yeah. where yeah right after the car wash scene it immediately went into the scene she's like washing the dishes and this guy's creeping around the pig pen the pig pen right she hears creeping the pig the he pulls on its ear and makes yeah. it screech oh, she, she was like what she's right outside and of course they don't have a ring so how do you know if somebody's out there because you don't have a ring so <laughs> So then all of a sudden, like, she goes outside, and then she goes back in, and then she runs into the bedroom, and there's a dead pig head on the on the bed, and if she just had a ring and a oh cell phone, God, Christina. she would have been fine. Yeah, back in the 80s. <laughs> well, computers can do everything, so yeah. why don't they just put what a computer out front and just monitor the property? Mm-hmm. They're it's magic. They're magic computers. <laughs> but then they actually ended up going back to their house and the killer comes back and uh, kills her. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it does happen a little later. And then there's like this scene where Lillian's like over, she's at her fucking church group or something like that. And there's all these chatty Kathy fucking like church growing women talking about the murders in town and uh-huh. like who they think it is. And she sort of overhears it, but you don't. Re- you, but you, you can't hear it because. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you couldn't hear it because the sound wasn't coming through. Well, they started to blame somebody. And it's like and then that woman who's like talking about talking shit about the axe maniac on the loose gets axed she gets her fingers chopped off and then he just starts you know slapping her titty with an axe (laughs) do you remember that shit i was like "Ooh, he hit her right in the titty (laughs) i was like that probably you were like ouch that's right There was another scene. Do you remember the scene where they're like pushing each other on the swing? And she's like, oh. I don't want to fucking use your computer. You could take your computer back because I think technology is getting in between us. She's like, you're just so mysterious. And he's like, uh, we only met each other like two days ago. Yeah. Like fucking calm, calm the down. the fuck down, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like a- and, and that's. Clinger. <laughs> And the, is that isn't that the part where she starts telling him about her cousin? Yeah, and, yeah. She's like telling him about the her cousin and how she pushed him off the swing really hard, and he fucking 
busted his head and yeah. like couldn't like went to a coma yeah and then she and never saw him again yeah. or something no she, i don't think he died i thought i thought and no then she he, was like i killed him i killed him she felt like she did but yeah oh, she okay. said she didn't know where he was right because they're alluding to the fact that she's we find oh, out yeah. later that she's she's charlie, charlie yeah the cousin charlie but it was like a really weird Stupid. situation where like she they're both sitting on the swing gerald stays on the swing and he kind of makes a joke about it. And later they're like, she gets mad at him and then starts pushing him on the swing all angry like she did with her cousin. And it's like kind of flashing back to that fateful day. Mm-hmm. And she's like seeing him on the swing like this Charlie kid or whatever. So you think he's Charlie. Right. And you're like, oh, fuck. They're like oh, related. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, they're kissing. They're going to have sex and they're right. cousins. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, I totally forgot cousins. about that. Ugh. Yeah, because that's what my mind. I was like, "Oh shit, they're yeah, fucking like, Jesus Christ!" They're what? ready to pop each other. They're other's... gonna go this far with this shit. <laughs> this fucking slasher movie. They're gonna go this fucking far. And then, and then they flash to like an older pest guy, the older pest guy, Richard, his wife, his older wife, and she's like palling around with her accountant all the time, aka her love interest. But you know, it's like this movie is like the guys talk like mad shit about how sexual women are and like the women are like fucking like skirting around town with other men yeah like everybody's <laughs> just cheating on each other yeah. like everybody's a cheater in this big bear lake town but her accountant tells her that she's bankrupt and they go have drinks at the bar after that and drive home drunk and she's driving and the guy falls asleep on her, and they both die to the axe man. Skee da ba ba ba. I'm an axe man. Skee da ba ba da ba. Copy, copy, right. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think about that scene? Like, cause he's like laying in the seat, and she goes, she like swerves off the road or something, and then like. It was funny too the way he kept falling asleep on her. Yeah, cause it his eyes like, were open. Yeah, he was just like, oh. Like, you think that he's up to something. Like, they do a really good job of trying to make every one seem suspect, you know? Right, right. For the most part. Some of it's ridiculous. Right. So a lot of other things happen. So a lot of other things happen. Like, Lillian's starting to lose her mind all of a sudden and, like, act erratically and getting untrustworthy of fucking Gerald because she thinks he's the killer or so they try to paint it as. Right. And then Gerald, like, tries to show her that she made up Charlie in her head did you notice like like that moment was like snapping and all of a sudden his eyes were like sunken in and he looked like he hadn't eaten in like five days like it, the, the total look of him changed maybe they came back or something yeah i don't know it was funny but she's been like he's like trying to say you know you're charlie there was never any charlie you're the charlie and you fell off the swing and you don't remember it or you're suppressing it or some shit because she's been keeping notes on herself and the magic computer has been keeping track of all those notes so she's actually the murderer and he found out by by reading her files and she's apparently killing everyone for her father yeah is that what it was like i don't know what that's all about that didn't make any sense didn't really understand the whole reasoning but then gerald's like i can cure you you know and and you can we can be in love finally and we can get you the help that you need and it's like this really weird aggressive scene between the two of them and they like struggle with each other and then he chases her and fall down the stairs together and she runs out the front and the cops shoot him thinking he's the murderer right and the cop says the murderer's over the murdering is over 
And she like is crying on the cop's shoulder and looks up and, and smiles. smiles. This creepy little it's smile. Like, sneaky little bitch. You fucking psychotic cunt. No, oh, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't forget the part where I stopped paying attention. Oh, so, you mean? So oh, go the, ahead. One of the church ladies. Um, so she goes, or the killer comes to murder one of the church ladies, and they have this dog, and she fucking killed the dog. She axed the fucking dog. I was so pissed. I threw my pen up in there. I was like, I'm done. Fuck this movie. <laughs> I was like, for Christina. Like, fuck this movie. <laughs> I don't know why that bothers you so much. It was cool when they killed the church lady, you know, that's fine. But the fucking dog, it was one of those fucking, like, uh, the target. What's a target dog? It was a... I don't know. What breed of dog is that? Border Collie? They're, no, they're really hyper. Never mind. Whatever. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just remember thinking to myself, like, oh, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, do you do you have anything else to add to it? I mean, no. Is that what you did not like at the end? Is that he got shot and there was this twistiness or what? Yeah, you, it was you didn't too, like the end. It was too much. Like okay. there was too much twisty twisteroo. You know, I don't. I I, I, I don't love know. a twist. I love a twist, but that was just a little too much twist. Uh. Not as twisty as that one movie we I was watched gonna say, a few weeks ago. That was ridiculous. That's what I was going to say. Like, after watching uh, One Missed Call, like, I don't think oh, there's... Oh, yeah, that, yeah, no. This is, like, rather tame this compared to that. that bad, but it was still... I, I thought it was still pretty bad. Yeah, part three in particular. Right. <laughs> there's, like, 70,000 twists in it or whatever. Right, it was ridiculous. But, yeah, we got another movie to talk about up next that came out. It's called Deadly Manor. Came out in 1990. Uh-huh. It's also known as Savage Lust. Also, guys, um, the movie before that we did was also called Forgotten Flesh. Ah. But it got changed. But, anyway, Deadly Manor. It's about a group of teenagers take refuge in an old deserted mansion. Soon, the members of the group start turning up dead, and the teenagers realize that they're not alone in the mansion. <gasps> Go figure. <laughs> also directed by Jose Ramon LaRoz. This was written by the director as well, and also has writing credits from Brian Simley Ashton. He's a big editor. He's done a lot of dramas, and he's produced a lot of movies, too. Um, he also wrote and directed a movie called Paul Raymond's Erotica, which sounds like it looked like a porno. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of them were. Yeah. But I did have a question when you're reading the director's history. You said what comic did he di or what comic did he write? What was what was that called? It was Paul something. Paul Forna, I think. Oh, okay. So it doesn't relate to this. Never mind. Also, a writer was Larry Gennam, and this was his only writing credit and his only credit really. Okay. Um, not a lot of recognizable names in the cast, but there are a few. Okay. William Russell, who plays Alfred. So he was born in 1924, and he is still acting. Hmm. He's like 96. Um, he's done a lot of British TV, and he's been in a shit ton of Doctor Who from the 60s. He played Ian Chesterton. Chesterton. Ian? Ian Chesterton. Yeah, you okay. know what I'm talking about? I, well, I, I watched some not. of those, yeah. Also, uh, Jennifer Delora, who plays Amanda, she also played Angel in Frankenhooker. Ah, that's I, I saw that too. Yeah, that's pretty uh -huh. cool. Yeah, and also she was in a Panic at the Disco uh, video. It was the La uh, Devotee, the one with the cult, the cult leaders. She was one of the the cult leaders. Oh wow! Anyway, Jerry Keenan, who plays Peter, um, this was his first movie, and he's been a working actor ever since. Um, he's been in a lot of different TV series like Gilmore Girls and Without a Trace. 
but he's mostly in the Chicago Broadway scene, so he's he does a lot of Broadway. Okay. Clark Tufts, who plays Jack. This was also his first movie, and he's only been in five roles, including Voodoo from 1995 and Discord from 2001. I got that movie. Oh, you, do you really? Yeah, I do. Discord? No, Voodoo. Or voodoo, you do? Yeah, that's the Hoodoo, you do? Voodoo, what? I'm going to Voodoo you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Corey Feldman movie. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, is that the one where he looks weird? It's about like this cult of like uh, kids who are in like a... Um, fraternity or whatever uh-huh. it's like a fraternity of like a cult worshiping fraternity uh-huh so, huh that's yeah. weird and i'll just mention just a couple more really quick greg rhodes who plays tony he's only done seven movies he was an extra in prom night two and he and fatal attraction and ghost house and then claudia franju who plays helen this was her only movie. She passed away in 1995. Okay. I didn't see why, though. I didn't have a budget because it was a straight-to-video release. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a budget for the other one either, so I, I kind of figured. Yeah, so what did you think of this one, Alex? Well, I'll tell you first up that I'm actually a fan of movies with kids find a house and they shouldn't go in and die. <laughs> uh-huh. Typically, those are kind of fun. You know, like one of the ones that I always think of off the top of my head is Night of the Demons. Like, Oh, right. That's like just one of the better don't go in this house kind of bullshit, which this is not that. <laughs> uh, but the characters are pretty annoying because it's so painfully obvious that you shouldn't go in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the characters are so annoying enough to warrant killing, of course. But again, like the last film, they have shitty dialogue, which also helps watching them die. Although caring for them probably wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> They're okay. It's okay. Like the beginning was okay, but a lot of dialogue there. It's it's a really silly slasher, guys. Like terrible in some regards, but the beginning it was a bit more interesting, and then it slows down like badly. Oh, very. <laughs> like even 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 if it slows down, like if the kills are cool, that would be cool. But they're not amazing. Uh, no. At all. <laughs> And they're quick and frequent without much care, almost too frequent. Like, you know, much like Edge of the Axe, which the kills were not amazing, it still suffers. This one still suffers from uh, not enough gore, which, you know, I really wish it was in there. And I understand these are lower budget films, so that's a costly item. But it just felt like if these movies would have been gory, they would have been really popular. They would have been very good, too. Right. Like, they would have been, like, even bigger. You know, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody who likes these movies without the gore in it, but I'm just saying that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll give a clear winner to the edge of the axe movie overall because it's better shot, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And this one was more boring. Yes. So the idea isn't terrible, but the payoff isn't exactly worth the wait by the end. So it's mm-hmm. like it did make me laugh, but it was really slow. And this movie is only 84 minutes and somehow seems to feel longer than like that. Like three hours. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, but I'd say if you're a slasher film fan, you should see it, you know, especially if you're on a quest to see them all. I personally was not a fan of it so much. I'd probably give this one like a 3.5 out of 10. Uh-huh. Um, best to watch knowing all of what I've said pretty much ahead of time. Going into it to sort of just have fun with the film and make fun of a bunch of kids who should have known better getting in 
into this house and getting picked mm-hmm. off much better that way the transfer from arrow is really good actually it's if you're a collector i think this is perfect time to pick it up because if you remember watching this on the shelves when you were a kid and you haven't seen it since i mean this is a pretty fucking perfect example of how to put it out honestly and i'm not just saying that because they gave us review copies but it looks good it's just not a good movie to me uh-huh. so but it does have a lot of really great features in it just like the edge of the axe um you know with commentaries like a booklet featuring you know new writing on the film by author john martin you get like the original script and shooting schedule which is on the disc uh, reversible sleeve, you know, which they always do now, which is awesome. So if you don't like the new artwork they did, which I think looks really good, you can always put the, uh, the the old one on. The original? Yeah. And they got archival interview with uh, Jose Loraz in there. VHS trailer, Making a Killing. It's like a newly interview. It's a new interview with uh, Brian Smedley Aston, who was the producer of this film. They got some, uh, you know. English subtitles, brand new audio commentary with Kat Ellinger and Sam Dangan. Dangan. It's a 2K restoration from the original film elements, too, so it does look really good. And they got, you know, it's all in there. So if you're a fan of this, I think you should definitely pick it up. Um, It's not a great movie. You have to know this going in. It is Edge of the Axe is like twice the movie this one is, uh, unfortunately, with pacing and everything like that. But... um, I don't know. I thought it was fun to watch because we had some fun watching it, but it it just does wind down by the end of the movie. So what about you, though? Like, what did you think of it? I think I actually enjoyed watching the um, the interviews and the special features more than I enjoyed the movie. It is really cool to hear um, the, yeah, the Dolores the lady. She was really funny, yeah, dude. Yeah, she was funny. That was like some of the funniest shit. And we'll talk about some of what she talked about in this. In the spoilers. We didn't do the commentary for the video for the movie because, we, you know, I don't want to spoil everything but that's on I the would disc. Like, I would like to go back and watch it with the commentary. I think it might be better. Yeah, you think? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. It does really, it does boost that movie, like all yeah. the extras for me. Yeah, it does. Because I was actually like, I mean, even when we watched the other movie's extras, which are cool yeah and that one guy is like super awesome who uh-huh. who was in the first movie uh-huh he was the best part about oh, that oh yeah gerald the, right yeah, yeah i really liked interview. listening to him talk but on this one it it's definitely goes yeah. to fucking jennifer dolores yeah yeah that was good but I, I don't know overall the movie i was just kind of in a weird space with this movie yeah the manner wasn't really that deadly <laughs> Well, the movie, the manor yeah. looked awesome. It just didn't... Yeah, but it wasn't uh, deadly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, just like you, I wanted more blood and I wanted more like over-the-top dust. I really think that would have made the movie better. I really, really wanted to like it, but mm-hmm. I don't. Um, it is. It's boring and slow. The dialogue was horrible. The acting was just okay for most of the actors. Yeah. It's tolerable, but it's like so slow after a while right but what i did love about the movie i love the location i love that house the house was amazing and it was it looked like a real abandoned mansion right which it was technically yeah and it yeah. was 
and it was and that that was cool to find out yeah too, there was the this was nothing feature. of this was done on the set this is all by the house right right which is kind of cool also what i did love about this movie is they did show some dicks <laughs> lots of dicks actually they did yeah. and we had a, a long cover conversation about the dicks and all of a sudden alex is like rigatoni rigatoni and he's googling he's googling rigatoni and he's like their dicks look like rigatoni <laughs> so we were comparing well, because you dicks. just see this mash of hair and like this this fleshy bits and like it, and I showed <laughs> it to her. Did it look like rigatoni? <laughs> but you know what? There were still dicks in the movie, so right, yeah. I don't care if it's rigatoni dick or or hot dog dick. I don't give a shit. There's so if you dick. folks like dicks, <laughs> this is a movie. This for might you. be the most perfect movie. It wasn't movie. that much dick. It was like a dick in a pitcher. Yeah, it was just, still. I mean, I don't it care. Wasn't it wasn't erect dicks. or anything. It was right. just it was just chilling. And, was okay. Just eating some rigatoni. <laughs> and for, okay, so I'm going to try to explain this. So the overall feel of this movie, it really reminded me of how I felt about the Love Witch, that Love Witch movie. Oh, okay. Because that movie was slow and it was boring, but it was really aesthetically pleasing. I liked the Love Witch better than this. Yeah, I did too. But it just reminded me of like the feelings I have when I watched that movie right because it was just like i love the house i love the decor i love the makeup right uh, you know and the, that's the it just made me think of the love witch i don't know why um but yeah i gave this a four out of five really higher than me yeah yeah it's just like four out of five yeah it's it's a it's a definitely uh one of those movies that you definitely watch with your friends and just make fun of right and just laugh about it because there are some scenes in it that are okay right and it's just some ridiculous shit that happens that makes it kind of a so bad it's good film. it's like a good um it's just boring bad, it's, that's the problem with it it's, if a, it, it's a good bad movie night like with your friends sure. it's a good movie for bad movie night yeah like i said both of these movies suffered from not enough gore like i feel like they both would have been really good yeah. if they just had extra gore do you think if i think they could remake this movie um, i don't know that they would but but make it more gory no they wouldn't because honestly it isn't really the story a, isn't that great yeah it's not that great of a story but somebody could make but there's been movies like this too i don't know what i'm talking about Shut the fuck up, Christina. Yeah, because uh, we'll, we'll get into that in the spoilers, but to give you guys kind of an idea, like, what the story's about, these kids show up at this house, and things, there's, there's like, a story that is going on there. They find out that they aren't alone. Uh, it isn't very supernatural or anything like that, although they try to make it seem like that, but it doesn't feel that way at all at any oh, point no. in the movie. Yeah, it's but it's not even supernatural. There's nothing supernatural going on. Right. So it's like, whatever, you know. Um... But, you know, the, there's a story of why that this house is still inhabited. Let's just put it that way. So, but now we're going to go ahead and jump into our trivia and spoilers. So if you don't want anything spoiled, you've been warned. You're you can, fine to stay. You can just come back <laughs> or, you know, watch it, rent it, whatever you You're want. You're not going to watch it. So the trivia in this, interesting story. So if you guys have seen this movie, you'll know that there's a scene in this movie where they have sex. Like it's a, it's like a dream. Right. Like a drunk dream, I right. guess. I don't really know. But this guy who plays Tony, Greg Rhodes, the director wanted him to do a sex scene in this movie, and it was in the script, it was in his contract, but he didn't want to get nude. So they had to have some other guy fill in who was too hairy, so they had to shave his whole back and ass. <laughs> <laughs> or as Jose said, he had hair from chin to balls. <laughs> 
which I thought was hilarious. Um, rigatoni. Yeah, they had the shave. Not they didn't do his front though, so they let the rigatoni flow. <laughs> we should have done a rigatoni shot. Oh my god, it would be out of those big shells. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. The milky eye is good. We'll get into oh, why. Oh, it is. It is. I was just saying. Um, but Jennifer Dolores, um, this was her last film that she ever did, by the way. Oh, yeah? She had done some, like, Playboy movies, Playboy bunny movies or whatever the hell. She uh-huh. like. She was actually a pretty big, you know, name at the time, I guess. That's uh-huh. what she said. Uh, but she actually didn't even really care what the movie was at the time. She just worked. She would just show up and be like, yeah, I'm ready to go, whatever you want. And she literally got the script the day that she started, that they started shooting. Oh, wow. So she didn't prep it, anything. Mm -hmm. She even joked about her not picking great scripts. Well, she said this one was okay. It was fine. But she just loved the business and the experience, so she just kind of went for it, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. That's kind of cool. I mean, she was a really attractive girl yeah. for the oh, yeah, time. She re- yeah, she really was. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like she, I, I would have seen her if she stuck with it. Like, you know, she seemed like, like a really she had the look. Yeah, yeah. She's got the look. <laughs> what kind of world? All right. Copyright. Yeah, <laughs> but the. I don't know. I thought she was she was decent in this movie, like ridiculous, because she was told to act a certain way. But the house that they had that they did all this in, as I mentioned, they did everything in this house, by the way. So there's everything that you're seeing in that house, including the furniture, was part of the house. Like right. it wasn't any they didn't bring any of that there. This is an old dilapidated building that they were going to tear down anyway. And they they rented it from these older people who were just in love with the fact that they were going to be shooting a horror movie in their old house that they had to get taken down. They rented it from the Davidson sisters mm-hmm. who inherited it. And it was a hundred year old mansion. Right. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It so. is. It's nuts. She said they were crazy, like, into it. They sounded crazy. Also, they actually burned this place down to the ground when they finished filming. Uh Uh-huh. And when they burned it down, after everything was done, they even filmed it. And so the producer was like, why didn't they fucking add that in the movie? I thought that was going to be in the movie. And I don't remember them burning the house down. I remember there a fire caught fire or something. But they didn't show the building burning down. It must have just not have worked. I don't know. Because, you know, you can only do that once. Maybe it was in an older cut. That's what he meant by it. Because I, I do uh, vaguely remember fire at the end. Yeah, I remember fire at the end, too. But I don't remember, like, the whole house being on fire. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I would have I would have recognized that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's a big... That's big, that was a, that that's was a, big money, man. That's and that big, was a gorgeous house. Yeah. But I'm sure it was just beyond repair. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? Jennifer? Jennifer Dolores? hmm She said she got along with the director really well that they actually hung out a lot i mean she said that they you know a lot of times just stayed there in the house all day long so she said she would hang out with him when they were like setting up shots and like getting everything up and that they just had a lot of a lot of really good acting working relationship with each other and she really trusted him and she trusted his vision because he was with her he didn't want her to stray from his vision as to her character which is amanda who is this girl who is dead and you find out or she's not dead but you think she's dead or something and then she got burned up or whatever and she wanted her to play this 
she wanted to try some different things and he was like no i want you to do this and she was like cool whatever mm-hmm. makes my job a lot easier <laughs> so, you know what i mean so she didn't mind that but a lot of people really don't like that kind of direction because it's too right. rigid as she said right but she loved working with him and she really really trusted him especially when it came to the sex scene that they had to do because like she was going to wear a thong in the sex scene and like he pulled her aside and said, we can still see the thong. Is it OK if you do it bare? We won't show your she kept calling it her cookies. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> but she did mention like the guy who she had to have sex with in that scene because they both needed to be naked because he was supposed to be like on top of her. Right. And railing her. Right. And uh, like sensually, not even like just disgusting or anything. Um, but he didn't want to do it. The guy who played Tony didn't want to do it, even though it was in his contract. And she said she was fucking pissed about it. She was like, you're going to fucking make everybody shut down this whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, thing. he wanted to shut down the, he wanted an yeah, empty set. Because he wanted nobody, not only did he not want anybody in the room, because they shot it in the bedroom, he wanted them out of the house. So and stupid. she was like, you're out of fucking control. Like, get your shit together. Get the. F- she told him to get the fuck off the set. <laughs> I thought was fucking awesome. She's no nonsense. And she pointed, she was like, you, to the PA, I guess the, the uh-huh. photography assistant. And she said, you, you want to be in this scene? Because he looked <laughs> like the other guy. Uh-huh. And uh, he was like, see. Because <laughs> he was Spanish. He didn't speak a lick of English. She said that, that they had so much fun doing that scene together, too, because they had to shave his whole back and they were like fully nude. Uh-huh. She's like, there was a blanket between them so that, you know, you couldn't see that. There, a washcloth. There's a washcloth. Is that what it was? Too. A yeah. washcloth? She oh. said it was like a washcloth. Oh, wow. Just so they wouldn't, you know. But she said they kept laughing together while they were doing the scene. And she's like, she's like, you can tell the difference between me and that PA and the guy who was the actor because the acting, he was like, he was just so rigid and like fucking, it just was not like yeah. we had no chemistry there. Yeah. It was just me and my tits and my ass hanging out <laughs> and my cookies hanging out. She's like, I'm doing all the work. What the fuck are you bitching about? <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was really funny. But we got some scenes. That's pretty much it for the trivia. We got some scenes here. Um, there isn't a whole bunch, but there's no. there's a few. <laughs> um, there's like some funny stuff that I want to mention, though. But mm-hmm. I think it's like in the beginning, you know, you see a group of friends are on the road. They're going to go to a fucking camp or a lake, isn't it? A lake? A uh, lake. Wakanopi. 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 Waka, waka, waka. Wakanopi. <laughs> Well, they like they get a flat and then one minute after some guy, some hitchhiker, they pick up and like there's this bigger bike guy with a girl on his back, like driving on the road. Peter. And it, and when they get the flat, he's like, does anybody want to light up? And he lights. <laughs> I forgot about that. He lights up a joint in the middle of the road and the police start driving down the road towards them. And he like puts out the cigarette on it like, on his fingers and then eats it. He's like, yeah, he throws it in his mouth. He eats it. He <laughs> ate the fucking thing. It's like, yo, bro, that's, it's legal now. Yeah, but you it's can legal hear now. You're fine. You can hear him like. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. I don't know. It was a funny scene. Of course, they find this abandoned house with a car oh. on an altar. I thought that was kind of cool. That it was, is cool. I thought that was clever. I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, that was oh. really weird. Yeah. Oh, do, did you say they picked up a hitchhiker? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Jack or whatever his yeah, name Jack. is. Yeah. But inside the car, there's like a picture of a girl who is Dolores, you know, who's Amanda's Amanda. the character. And she, there's some shoes in the car and there's like, it's on this concrete shrine that's as big as the car, which I'm wondering, did they put that in before or after? Because I didn't get to see the commentary or listen to that. So uh-huh. you guys will have to check it out to let me know. But they decide they're going to sleep in the house for the night or rather a deadly manner, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Undeadly better. <laughs> and one of their friends says, No way, this house is evil. And she just fucking leaves. She's fucking pissed. Yeah, she's like, I'm just going to walk back to the town. Yeah, and Tony's like, Oh, she does this all the time. She's a fucking bitch, you know. <laughs> She'll be back. But of course, she doesn't come back. Right. <laughs> ever. Yeah, ever. Because she, she gets killed. <laughs> in a stupid way, too. Yeah. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then there's the Peter, the big biker, kind of bigger dude. He's like the jokester guy. And the kids are like looking at all these photos that are plastered all over this fucking deadly manor and <laughs> all over the walls of this red haired girl, half naked. And one girl's like, she looks cruel. And he's like, yeah, she looks real cool. <laughs> like, oh, God. That was bad. That was pretty that bad. That was pretty bad. I mean, it, I don't know. It's silly. But the, the thing that really blows me away in this movie is that they decide that the car in a shrine isn't weird enough for them to warrant leaving. Right. Their friend calling it evil isn't enough. And then they venture down into the basement where there's two fucking coffins, which they are like, ah, oh, they're not real coffins. Oh, they're coffins. <laughs> yeah, what, like, what's not real coffins? I don't understand. Is I it didn't... like a pop-up coffin for like Halloween? Well, no, yeah, he didn't it even, wasn't. He's like, they're not coffins. They're just, you know, and he's like, yeah, they're coffins. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> Uh, there's, you know, they got the names Amanda and Alfred on them. And that's not enough, though, for them to get to out, get the fuck out of there. They find a, a closet or a pantry full of human fucking scalps. <laughs> scalps out of everything you can put in there. Right. To and be it, freaky. And Tony's like, maybe, or was it? Yeah. Tony's like, maybe they're just collectors or something. And Peter's like, dude. People collect stamps or baseball cards, not scalps. <laughs> Which is pretty funny, but it's just rolling your eyes kind of moment. Right. So they decide to stay because, you know, fuck it. <laughs> After that, that's not enough to get them out of there. Oh, and, and then they find the newspaper from the day before, and that's not enough to make them go, okay, somebody's staying here. Right. They even talk about it, and they're like, oh, someone must have been here and stayed here before us. What a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I dread, I even dread just talking about this movie. Dude, it was, it, it's, I mean, that, those are the funniest things in the movie. The rest of the movie kind of, well, there's some stuff that happens later on. Oh, yeah. Because there's the love scene where Tony makes love to the red-haired woman in his dreams, I guess. And he wakes up and looks through, like, this photo album that shows pictures of all these dead bikers on the ground. Which the opening of the movie is all about these bikers and they're, like, laying on the ground. Yeah. And it doesn't really tell you why. But then it showed Amanda and Alfred were in a car and these bikers came up and, and made them crash. Or something, well, right? you don't find that out until the very end of the movie. Oh, is that the end? Very end. Oh. 
Yeah, they don't. Those bikers are from other times that they've been trying to find these other bikers and kill people. Oh, see. So they go out on the road and try to kill bikers. And they because they they think that that every biker is the ones that that made them careen off the road. That's Uh, what I was. thinking. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, before we get there, though, to the very end, though. Uh, Susan, the blonde haired girl and the yes. other blonde haired guy yes. are trying to have sex upstairs and he's like, oh fuck I left the condoms in the car oh man, why'd I do that? <laughs> so he goes down, gets the condoms, of course dies by a slice uh, like his neck's cut Yeah, just show it real quick it's like soup. This is like where three yeah, or four just, people die like instantly, yeah. like within five minutes. It's so weird. And I'm like, what? Yeah, wait, they whoa, just whoa, start whoa. killing the teenagers. Like, yeah. wait, you could have done this like 20 fucking minutes ago. Or just done it like so that we indulge in the death yeah. a little bit. But then Susan, who's waiting on her, him upstairs, that fucking hitchhiker guy comes in and is like making out with her. Yes. And I'm like, you little, you know, (laughs) and it's so weird because like they're the relationship that the blonde hair guy and her have seems so close. So it doesn't even make sense why she's just making out with this fucking yeah, it didn't make sense. Dude from Pearl Jam or Airheads movie. <laughs> Airheads movie. Eddie Vedder's coming up in there making out with her, I guess. He was just so irresistible. She couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't help it. He's like, ah, I'm still inside here. Oh, wait, no, it's it's alive. It's a, but really, he's not alive because he dies, Yeah, he too. dies, too. But she gets her throat cut. That was probably... But I wrote that scene down as what a favorite scene. And then when she got her throat cut. Yeah, the the hitchhiker then, I think it was like a couple of minutes later, comes walking down the stairs and his neck is cut and he's bleeding all down the lane, probably because he was listening to fucking Soundgarden or something. <laughs> Soundgarden. In 1990, dude, it totally seemed like it. Well, yeah, dude, Soundgarden well, was yeah. big back then. I guess in 19, like 1990. Yes, I thought they were like 94. No, nope, they were around in the very early 90s. Oh, the early 90s I and remember. 80s, I think. Oh, in Washington, but I don't know. I'm just oh. saying that look is like something you would find. Oh yeah, alternative. You know, with the fucking jean jacket rock. and fucking like piercings and your flannel, your fucking flannel with yeah. your your muscle shirt. <laughs> cut off jeans i don't know about muscle shirt didn't he have a shirt that was cut no he just has like a regular shirt i think i don't know oh whatever anyway that a bunch of chasing each other around and dumb shit happens and i'm like kind of like i don't know like i'm just at this point i'm like you just killed the entire cast off in literally 10 minutes not even and it's like all that there's left is this one girl who is the big guys like because he died yeah. too? I yeah, forgot about di- that. He died too. Yeah, well, obviously they all died except her, except the the biker's girlfriend who they never even like really talked to except once in the movie. Right now, all of a sudden she's the final girl. Yeah, it was, and well, you already forgot about her that she was even like in the movie. Like, is he trying to like just trick us? Like, oh, you thought she was the final girl? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, and it's like the, all of the biggest speaking roles die. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to me, but that one girl who talks the least is the final girl, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I, I mean, I guess I applaud it for being different because I was not expecting that, I guess. Right. But anyway, she bumps into Amanda in the attic and Amanda blames her for making her ugly because she takes off her mask and she's got this milky eye with a burnt face. <laughs> she's like, you did this to me. 
<laughs> you made me ugly and like literally screaming at her uh-huh and not even acting well no. like this is this is the director's yeah, vision by is, the way yeah it was pretty bad look what you did to me <laughs> <laughs> which is really fucking funny that's why we say congratulations for the shot by the way right <laughs> But I, I don't know. It's so re- over the top yelling. It was just so funny. But this is where they, they do the flashback because a, oh. apparently Amanda so that Jennifer Dolores plays and the other guy. Who's that guy? The one, the British guy, Alfred, who played Alfred. Yeah, who played Alfred. What's his name? William Russell. Yeah, he is a familiar face. He looks like the same age, like no matter where he is. Right. Um. But yeah, he... He and her driving down the road and some bikers like <clears throat> beat on their car as they're driving around them. And then they're apparently they're coming back from an opera. <laughs> That's where they were in the city. And uh, these guys just like fucking flip their car upside down and it starts burning the whole fucking car and her face. And that's how she got the milky eye. Yeah, I guess it melted off. Yeah, I don't know how it. because the car was like so on fire. I'm like thinking to myself like. How did they get that thing on the shrine? Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it was aliens. What, did they have somebody come save her? And I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> and they'd just been living in this old dilapidated house for no reason and didn't dust or care to dust at all. Like, it's just weird. And why are they sleeping in coffins? What is the point? Well, I don't know. Maybe they're goth. Maybe they wanted to, tr- per- because that that moment impacted their lives. It ended their lives, so they felt like they were dead anyway. Yeah. Like, get, oh, hey, look at how deep you're getting into this. Uh, I shit. mean, that's the only reasonable explanation. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Because you know, there's beds in the house too. They could have slept in a bed. But Amanda's not even the one that's killing everybody. It's Alfred. Right. So she, the the girl, the the la- the final girl, runs into Alfred, and he's about to kill her. But the cops show up and sh- kill him and shoot him in the head. Right. But they, turn- do- they don't kill Amanda. They don't kill Amanda. She's just screaming at everybody for a weird. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, turns out the cops were actually trying to track the hitchhiker, and when they got pulled over, when they had the flat tire earlier, one of the cops reported it that they were seen in that area, and they just happened to follow this path out in the middle of the woods and find them in the middle of nowhere for no reason whatsoever. Like I don't know why they would know to go there. Like, like would you? No. Uh, it was in the script. I mean, yeah, obviously. But I guess Amanda and Alfred had been killing, you know, specifically bikers for a long time for what they did to her. And then mm-hmm. burying them in the walls of their house. Oh, yeah. Because there's that crack that they see over That's the whole right. fucking movie. They're like, oh, that's a weird crack. Did it, did it just grow? And it's Ooh. like slowly getting like more cracked and more cracked, which... It's just a weird side thing that they have in yeah. there. It's like, and then eventually, it has no impact right. whatsoever. Yeah, because the bodies all came falling out of the toppling wall. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was nude not- bodies that have not aged at all. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, of the, I don't know if it was. I don't think it was the same bikers that caused them the crash. I think I it was just know. random people. I don't know. I mean, Whatever. I don't want to think too deeply into it because the script's not that deep. Right. But it's just, I'm trying to reason with it because it just kind of like, what? I don't know. Like, why are you showing this crack in the wall throughout the whole movie just for this stupid ending, in right. my opinion? No offense. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here. But it's just it just didn't have any impact. And I, right. f- I feel like it, it would have been cooler if it was 
I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, if maybe they, the kids found out that they've been killing people or something like that, it might have been more interesting, you know, like, or there was this story about this house, you know. Yeah, better story. Yeah, that people were disappearing in the woods. and Maybe threw in some ghosts and shit. <laughs> well, she's kind of ghostly, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, it's not, these aren't terrible movies. Like, they're just, this one just was very disappointing. Right. Because it looked good. It just didn't. I don't know. It didn't. The story and everything just didn't feel right. It just didn't work for me personally. But I know there's people that like it out there and I'm sure we'll hear from you guys. I would love to hear what you guys think of both of these movies and like what you think uh, these movies are to you and like what you would score them and what you know, which one you think is better. Like I obviously would give the win to edge of the ax a hundred percent. There's no doubt in my mind. What about you? Uh, well, you gave it a higher score. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. <clears throat> Edge of the Axe. Okay. I mean, they're both ridiculous. But I'm not going to watch either of these movies ever again. You don't think? No. Maybe with the commentary, but no. So, guys, let us know what you think down below. I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. We've been thinking about doing some, like, viral movies since everybody's in the mood. We'll have to think about it, but what? we're thinking about- What's that one on Netflix? We're possibly thinking about doing movies that are based on viruses of some sort. Outbreak. Some sort of outbreak or something like that. What about Outbreak on Netflix that just came out? It's not horror. Oh, it's not? Those are dramas. Oh, God damn it. Dramas. So is Contagion. But we're trying to think of something that might be along the lines of like an outbreak or something like that, guys. So I don't know. We're thinking about it. If not, we'll let you know on Thursday or Friday of next week or this week, excuse me, to let you know what we're going to be watching. So. I don't know. I don't know if it's in, it's not necessarily in poor taste. It's just, we got coronavirus on the mind, so might as well embrace it, I guess. So, but yeah, guys, let us know what you think down in the comment section down below. Thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always, long live the voice.